0: Well, well, well. Hello. We're back recording episode 91. This is our advice episode, which, yes. you know, I'm excited to to answer some of these questions and talk about things, but I am in no place to give any advice, okay? I had like a stress dream last night about overdraft protection. It was a that was yeah. a dream, okay? I it was not in overdraft protection, but like I'm still in that frame of mind, okay? It's basically like asking for advice from people in rehab. Yeah. The fact that we are pretending to be on some sort of pedestal giving advice to the masses is completely laughable. And so if you're laughing at us, you're right. This is hilarious. Yeah. I just want to say one thing at the top to Lauren. This is a public service announcement. You're not allowed to get any more packages shipped to my house for the rest of the year. Okay? Okay. You're cut <laughs> okay. off. Oh my gosh, Chandler, I need to look cute for watch what happens live with Heather Gay. I need her to be impressed by my style. I need her to be inspired be like this is an aspiration. I don't apartment. have this squ- I don't have the square footage for it. Okay. can't you just sacrifice for a sister? No, I've basically had to redecorate my whole apartment just to accommodate your eight shop shopbot boxes. <laughs> okay, okay, that should be the last of it. I I've totally had to rent a storage there. unit in New Jersey. Just because I'm up to my eyeballs in, in boxes. Chandler, I'm truly sorry. Do you want me it's to okay. issue a public apology on Instagram? I would. With Could you With black background and white mm-hmm. text? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chandler, big episode today, but we do have a lot of housekeeping to get to before mm-hmm. we get into our advice that we're going to give okay. everyone. Okay. We're going to experiment with something and try something out. Okay. Do you even know what I'm about to say next? I think so, but I'm not sure. Okay, I've been wrong before. Um, so this month we are going to do a giveaway and to participate in the giveaway, all you have to do is share the podcast on your Instagram stories, tag mm-hmm. us and include a link to the pod. Mm-hmm. It can be to a specific episode. It can be to, it can be to really just our account like, you know, Oh, I love following pop apologists for this love gossip or this episode is so good, but all you have to do is tag us link to an episode Um, Tell your friends why you love Pop-Apologists and you will be entered to our giveaway to win a 14 karat gold butterfly charm necklace from Casita Jewelry, the same necklace I have and love and wear all the time. So super excited for this giveaway. We're thinking that it could be a fun way to incentivize everyone to share the pod and help us grow but also give back and not just expect that for free. And don't worry if you already shared the pod this month on your stories, I've written you down, you're already entered. So don't, you know, don't worry about that. And we're going to yeah, we're going to see how this goes. So for the month of January, we're going to try it out. We're going to try this out. Additionally though, the one thing that will disqualify you is if you put in your story, this is an entry to a giveaway. Let's we we'll, just play a little cooler than that. I mean also I think like Yes, this is technically a giveaway, but it's also like just incentivizing sharing the pod and talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Basically giving you a reason to hopefully do what you already were planning on doing yeah, this is just us trying to spread the word. We really find that when we did that like poll about how people heard about pop apologists, a lot of it was through friends and people sharing it on their stories. So we just want to, you know, incentivize that a little bit because we just want to continue to grow and keep the pot alive. We just want to keep the pot alive and keep it growing. You know, I we really feel motivated by growth. And I would like to see my work ethic improve this year. And I think <laughs> if pop apologists were to grow, that would help it. So with that said, let's get into Chandler giving our advice, our bad advice, really advice people are asking for, but they shouldn't. Okay, let's do it. So someone asked, first question, how to ignore everyone's two cents about your destination wedding, specifically your mother-in-law? And Mm. this is the background someone gave Okay, because a few of these questions I – I needed more information, essentially. So I reached out via DM and got some background. So this person said, we're getting married in Joshua Tree. We're from Wisconsin. And my mother-in-law keeps mentioning how certain extended family members won't be able to make it. COVID-related remarks and prices of flying. However, she literally takes trips with her friends multiple times a year. It's so annoying to hear. It's already stressful enough being a COVID bride. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to take this. Yeah, Um, please do. Because I feel like I have direct experience with this. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you? Okay, so I am a COVID bride. I'm also a destination wedding bride. And I will say that even though no one has complained to me really directly, except for you Chandler, which we'll get mm-hmm. to that. Um, and in fact, everyone has been like so gracious and like, oh, we wouldn't miss it. We'll be there. Um, I still feel like very much on edge as a COVID bride and yeah. a destination wedding bride. I personally know that the hotel we chose is like not cheap and I know that and I feel bad about it and it's something I'm kind of sensitive about. And so anyway, it was funny because Chandler complained a little bit about the hotel being expensive and I like completely snapped. Do you want to tell this story, Chan? I can't remember whether I was dating somebody or I wasn't. I think I was. I think I was dating Ben at this point. Yeah. and Yeah, you were. I'm just like... I'm not cheap, but I, I'm i not like a luxury vacation type of person. I don't know. I'm just still getting used to paying for my own vacations as an adult. So I right. think like gearing up for Lauren's wedding, it was already an expensive year for me moving to New York. And so I think I just was complaining about the general cost of the stay um, and obviously <laughs> wanting to have like my own room. So, yeah, I I definitely shouldn't have talked about it because at the end of the day, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime moment, and it just shouldn't be clouded by complaining, frankly, at all, at any point in the process, and I'm Lauren's maid of honor, so it just adds insult to injury. Well, that's nice of you to say now. It's totally fine. I mean, I also should have been gracious and understood when you complained, but I – got you know, a little hot-headed in the moment, which I regret. But I think the truth of the matter is if people want to make it, they will. For example, my fiance's 95-year-old grandmother, who is so fun, so cute, loves fashion to this very day, was like, can't wait. I'll be there. And like, if someone's 95-year-old grandmother plans on attending, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure every other adult Unless there's something going on in their lives or like a financial issue or whatever, which is understandable, it's basically just a choice, like whether they want to make the sacrifice to be there or not. Generally, weddings are taking one or two days off of work. Destination weddings, they're long weekends. It's not asking someone to take a week of their lives. It's a long weekend. And yes, it is a financial sacrifice for sure, but it's your wedding and it's a once in a lifetime event. And if these are your lifelong friends, and these are his family, it's really something that, you know, ultimately it's just their choice as adults, whether they're willing to make the sacrifice to go to. And additionally, if, like you said, like these are people who take trips, it's not like this is completely outside their lifestyle or realm. Really, it's just a choice. So I just feel like ultimately it's something that as a bride, you shouldn't feel necessarily bad about because really most likely if people want to be there, they can be there and it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Like Kagan and I went to a destination wedding in Spain. We went to a destination wedding in Cabo and both of those are some of our most treasured experiences. Like it's so fun to be on vacation with 50 of your friends. It's Mm -hmm. such a unique experience and going to beautiful meals and all this exciting stuff. So ultimately, like everyone is always so happy that they went. It's just, it is kind of annoying and a pain putting it all together, this is what I have done to feel less guilty and to not worry about it so much. So one thing is we're doing no gifts. So that's something that sounds good to you. I highly recommend doing no gifts. That way it's like people don't have this additional stress of having to buy you a gift as well as pay for this expensive trip. They can just take the trip. So I feel like that's one thing that we did that helped kind of take the sting out of asking people to take a trip for us. Mm Mm-hmm. And then another thing really is just to be very no pressure about it. You know, if your mother-in-law is complaining about it and saying people aren't going to be able to attend, just be like, oh, you know, kind of phrase it like, you know, we will totally understand if people can't make it. You know, we'll be sad they're not there. Like make it about your Even if it's fake, fake sadness over them not coming. And just be like, oh, it's that's really, you know, we're really going to be bummed if they can't make it. But, you know, we totally understand. And just kind of make it less about them not being able to go and more about you being bummed that they can't go. Right. And I'll just add quickly I'm not a COVID bride, but I think you're getting married in California. You're getting married like in America. You're not asking people to fly to Bora Bora. Right. To be totally frank, this is not an expensive flight at all for people. Exactly. Like, I don't know when your wedding is but like they could drive potentially if it's really expensive and it's there's $100. also yeah there's also $100. Joshua Tree is like it's in the desert but you could people could honestly stay in a more economical city and then drive in like there is a way to do this where it's cheap for people and right. so I think there's essentially no excuse like Lauren's wedding it's in Mexico like you know it's a hassle just kidding no and actually Mexico's like not even hard to get to at all. But um, like there, this for me is like a no brainer. People like, yeah, that's crazy. Ultimately, it's people just not wanting to make what is truly, yes, a sacrifice, but not that big of a sacrifice. So yeah. it, a totally doable thing. So don't, just don't feel guilty about it. And honestly, just ignore any sort of complaints Yeah, because you yeah. do not need that energy at all. Yeah. If you can, you ignore it. Yeah, agreed. Okay, moving to the next one. Um, Your Patreon got me hooked on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Which Housewives should I watch next? Mm. So you need to watch Real Housewives of New York. Start from the very beginning. It's extremely riveting television, so much so that even Kagan loves it and was like telling people, his friends at the beach, that he loves Real Housewives of New York. Yeah. New York should be in the canon of reality TV. Like Correct. Yeah. I would also just add that Orange County, n- notable mention, is really good, especially early Orange County. Very good. Or – and Beverly Hills. I would say New York, Beverly Hills, then Orange County. Okay. But it's all yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to the next one? Yes. Baby Mama wants to go out for wine one-on-one. Should I go? Okay, this is such an interesting question. And for me, I think it all depends on baby mama, like her. Like, is is baby mama cool? I obviously don't know anything about the context of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But – If you can lean into like a Gwyneth Paltrow, Dakota Johnson, Chris Martin, Brad Falchuk, just like a bunch of stylish, cool people like doing fun things together. If you can lean into this modern family vibe that is fun and like truly positive, at least from what we can see, then I think you should move in that direction because this person's in your life. That will make your life easier completely agree I think the fact that she wants to go out with you is a really good sign I don't know maybe my rose-colored glasses are like foggy but I think it sounds like a positive thing you know take it with a little bit of caution and yeah like ultimately I think if it goes well it would only mean like very positive things I have a friend who's baby mama was invited to her destination wedding and literally the baby mama, there was some drama the night before the wedding. So that my friend got in a fight with her (gasps) uh, like betrothed fiance the night before her wedding was in tears the morning of her wedding. I think they like made up before walking down the aisle, but it was like still tense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and this person I think is like semi a nightmare. So anyway, my, all I'm going to say is, I think it's great that she's wanting to be friends. The only reason I would not do this and not kind of develop a friendship there is if she's gonna want to be negative and like drink wine and get buzzed and talk trash on your partner. Like yeah. that's if she's toxic in that way, then no, you do not want that. But if this is a positive thing, a hundred percent do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do I believe I can have a good morning routine? This is an interesting question. For me, I personally think that as a society, we need to reframe and re-question what a good morning routine actually is. I deeply look forward to getting my coffee, sitting on my couch and being in a catatonic state for an hour. That's mm-hmm. that's the luxury of my life, my no-kids life. I don't mean to put salt in the wound, but that is my experience. I have coffee and I sit for an hour and go on my phone or watch a show. It's my morning ritual, y- you could say. It's my routine. Yes, this is not you know the stuff of green juice and yoga TikToks in reels on Instagram, but this is my joy. So I think yeah. we can- we can reframe what a good morning routine is because no one's going to tell me that my r- morning routine is not perfectly acceptable and even wonderful. It is wonderful. I am a morning person, so I feel like I truly like peak happiness in the morning. Everything feels possible. Um right. And I think that is because of my morning routine, which is also pretty simple I yeah, I don't wake up and, you know, drink 40 gallons of water and write in my journal. Although sometimes I have daydreams about that, but I never do. I honestly feel, feel like because I have to start work at a certain time and at a certain time in the day, my hours no longer are mine. They're like they belong to Mark Zuckerberg. I really find that if I have a good morning routine, if I have, like, a solid morning where I've done the things I need to do, my day is just, like, so much better. So, like, I really, really value it in that way where it's, like, I know that my work day, that is already something I don't totally enjoy all the time is a thousand times better if I have had a bowel movement, I'll be honest. And I've, like, tidied up my space. If my space is clean and I'm starting the work day with a clean space and a clean colon, I feel great. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is disgusting. Chandler starts every day with a colonic. <laughs> she has a wonderful woman come to her apartment with a portable <laughs> machine. She gets a tube stuck up I want her Lauren bottle. to take this out. I want to take this out. I'm not taking any of this out. This is fully going in the podcast. I mean, um, I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Why else do you like to sip your coffee in the morning? Because it allows the sun in my brain to peek out across the dim Absolutely. horizon. Absolutely. But it, For me, I don't have... I don't have any sort of bowel issues in my personal opinion. I mean, I Um, don't have have any either for the the record. How long have you been dealing with IBS? (laughs) (laughs) Look, the question was, how do I believe I can have a good morning routine? I think, I don't know what your job situation is, but for me, becoming a morning person or really investing in doing the things that make my brain feel at ease in the morning right? Like, made all the difference. So I think just like, Believing that that will really move the needle in the rest of your day, like will make you more of a morning person. And I also think that, like the morning routine where it's like I do hit for sixty minutes and then I drink my lemon water, like all those things Lauren was talking about. Like, no, if that's your morning routine, great. But I think that keep it simple. Like, oh, my morning routine is that I always take a bath. And I like I love how like Chloe. This is not Chloe's morning routine. I don't think, but she always like will sometimes eat chocolate in the shower or something, which I like think is amazing. Your morning routine could literally be that. But it's just like it has to be a ritual you look forward to that if you do, moves the needle for the rest of the day. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD gummies Considering my MBA, this is a question, considering my MBA, clearly Chandler and I are not, someone wants to know, (laughs) but hate the idea of more student loans and more school school and student loans. Yeah. Okay. I I have a lot of thoughts on MBAs. Chandler, why don't you go first? You go first. I personally think that An MBA is worthwhile if you can get into a school that's going to be truly impressive on your resume and move the needle in your life. Like if you can get into Wharton, if you can get into Harvard, if you can get into a truly prestigious great school... That is going to completely level up your life. And especially if you take advantage of it and you go to the internship, like you do the internship, you do all the stuff. If you can do that, 100%, you should go to business school. However, I think if you don't go to a business school that's really going to change your employability then really you're just ultimately going to be more in debt and then kind of in the same position you were in to begin with and you'd be better off spending that time making money rather than getting into debt and progressing in your career so those are my two cents Lauren I think you're I think you're spot on. School and debt sucks. Maybe you consider getting a job somewhere where they would help pay for it. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. If it's something you can do like at night while you're also working, I think that's also a good option. Obviously, Chandler and I don't have the work ethic for that, but Joe uh, Biden might forgive your student loans though, just FYI. Speaking of student loans, quick little story. I got a call last week and the person said, we're calling about student loan forgiveness for your student loan. Okay. I have a very- I have a small amount of student loan debt, very small. Like I, I basically barely consider it to be like student loan debt because it's it's not that much. And I was like, okay, this is great. I do have, you know, a small amount. So this would make sense that they would be like, we'll forgive you because, you know, it's just really so little. And I was actually on a call with another person and then I hit hold so I could like listen to whatever person was calling me. And then I was like, I got to go. This is about my student loan. So then I follow through and I fully push one to talk to somebody, okay? Okay. But I'm skeptical. You know, this sounds like a scam. So then I just basically accost the person on the other line and I say, how do I know this isn't a scam? How do I know you're not scamming me right now? You know? (laughs) And they're pretty like aghast because I'm not being like grateful. I'm just like, I'm just literally bombarding them with like, how do I know this isn't a scam? At which point they basically tell me to do my own research and then hang up. Oh my gosh! Because it definitely is a scam. (laughs) Because it definitely is a scam. Yeah. Why would anyone call you to say we're gonna forgive your loan? That doesn't even make any sense. Well, then I I looked it up, and a lot of times they ask for money up front. I guess, which is like the scam. They ask for like some money up, like a small amount up front, to help this forgiveness system go through, which like makes no sense. It's like oh, and then nothing. Pay you money to forgive me? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Interesting. Uncle Joe's not really working for me right now, but we can talk about it later. We should do a whole episode on times we've gotten scammed because I definitely have fallen for scammers, but that's a whole other topic. Um, Well, how would you feel if Joe Biden forgives student loans? If my loan was forgiven, I'd feel amazing. I'd buy another Joe Biden sweatshirt (laughs) like I I did a year ago, two years ago. Yeah. I would be so happy for everyone getting out of their student debt, like I think that would be amazing for people and like the relief that it would bring to so many families. I just have like mixed feelings about it personally because I've made so many life choices to not get into right, student Right, right, yeah. Like I feel like I truly sacrificed and like went to BYU when I didn't want right. to go to BYU. And then I paid for my own tuition and everything my last few years there and like worked and I never took yeah. out any loans and I graduated debt-free. And I just like actually – did things I didn't want to do. And so now I'm just like, I would kind of be a little bit like better. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I don't think I would like, you know, completely spiral into like the most jaded, toxic, better person. But I think I would have some mixed emotions. Like, I could have just gone to Berkeley or to right. LA and, you know, I, I could have gone to like a great school yeah. and gone 200K into debt and who cares? Like, had a right. fun time. A better school legitimately. Yeah. And I don't know. I would honestly, I think, be a little frustrated by that. In and just that would be my on a personal level, level, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then I also just like don't know how that would even work. I don't understand the financial system well enough to understand how the banks who loaned that money Mm -hmm. would just take that hit. Like I guess the government would just pay them. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm not sure. I also line. feel like of all the people to forgive student loans for, I feel like I'm the least deserving. Like they should forgive people who are like $400,000 in debt and who are like doctors on the, the front line of a three right. year long pandemic. Not me because I like wanted to go on a study abroad and my parents wouldn't pay for it. That's a subject for another day. I know. It's like – that's another interesting thing. It's like I I know certain people who are like are in major debt for going to like film school and like – yeah you know, programs that necessarily are not sure things to having right. any sort of stable salary and who are really struggling now. And I feel so bad for them. But also it's like, there's a reason why I didn't want to pay 50K a year to study poetry. You know right. I mean? right. Like, like, Like to some degree, like, it should be a deterrent because it is very hard to make it. Like, yeah, we're essentially incentivizing bad past decisions. So Great. let's move on. Intimacy tips slash feeling confident and comfy in your body. Chan, what do you have to say? What do you think? It's funny that someone asked this question because I've recently, I've I've always followed Jemima Kirk. Do you remember her from Girls? Of course, Jessa. She's like one of my favorite characters of all time. I've actually been rewatching Girls, and it's been absolutely delightful. She recently had q and A Q&A where someone asked this like very same question, and her oh, response, on Instagram? yeah, on Instagram. Interesting. And okay. she and her literal her response was just literally sleep with the right people. And I found this to be like very real. And mm. I kind of loved this like brazen honesty. you know, it wasn't just like some here's uh, here's four paragraphs on body positivity. It was right. like it was very real. and I totally it totally resonated with me. And I think like obviously your partner, like your like intimate partner is one dimension of this that I think can make a big difference in how you feel about yourself but also evaluating who you have in your life and how they talk about their body or how they talk about bodies in general. Mm-hmm. I think just makes a huge difference in how you feel in your own body. Like you know, body positivity is so complicated and I'm very pro all of those good feelings, but I also think that like it's very hard to just like talk yourself mentally talk yourself out of something that you find to be a problem. Do you agree? Right. You know? Yeah. I am I definitely agree. I think that it's a really serious struggle. Yeah. Um, and that's very like – that's very internal but also very mm-hmm. external in the sense that like the people you surround yourself with and the way that they honestly talk about their bodies like makes a big difference. And I've, I've just found that to be very true in my life depending on my friends at the time or whatnot, just like the voices that I'm paying attention to. Mm-hmm. really contribute to my inner dialogue. So I think like evaluating that in your life and yeah. thinking through what what am I consuming? Who am I following? You know, who am I hooking up with? Who or who is my partner and how do they talk about my body or their body and does that like weigh on me? Right. So I think that like makes a difference. I think that but there are also really helpful books on body positivity. I think the most helpful one is is more than a body that I've talked about before. I also think that, you know, on the flip side, if there's a specific issue that you cannot help but fixate on, there's options, okay? We live in a world where there are options for you. And I think that you can love and enjoy your body while also exploring ways to enhance it. So, and I don't think there's anything wrong with like enhancing yeah exactly. I totally agree with you, Chan. I think what you said about following people whose bodies maybe look more like yours on Instagram and who mm-hmm. are super confident, that will really, really, really help. yeah, because you everyone needs a model like we all need positive role models because that can change the narrative in our brains, yeah because really what we're trying to do here is change a narrative in your brain, yeah, so. Right. We got we to gotta flip that to someone being positive and happy that looks just like you. Okay. This next one I have particular fondness for because I just definitely do. So I want to dive right into it. Mm-hmm. This is what the person says. Everyone is getting engaged and I'm bitter. And then I, I reached out because the person, they seemed like they were Quite young. And so I Mm -hmm. reached out and just asked the person, you know, how old are you? Can I have any additional context? And they said, I'm, I think they said 24, 26, one of the two. And I lived in Provo. Yeah. That's the problem. You got to get the fuck out of Provo, Utah. Uh, I'm sorry, but once you're past, I would say like 23, 24 there, it's really a tough place to be, especially as a girl, in my personal experience, because when you live there, it just completely distorts reality. So for people who aren't familiar with Provo, Provo is where BYU is. And BYU is the Mormon university that Chandler and I both went to. And the culture there is very much one of getting engaged and getting married by like 21, 22. For men, about 23, 24, because mm-hmm. they generally go on a Mormon mission. And so they're like two years delayed in that process. But there's extreme pressure, heavy pressure on the kids there and school to find their, quote unquote, eternal companion. in this age where they're essentially barely out of high school, barely not children anymore. I remember literally I was 24 and I was dating this guy and we just were not compatible, like just not compatible in in every way that counted and mattered. We really liked each other. He was super nice, but we were not compatible. And I was so terrified to break it off because I did not want to be 25 and single. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the idea of being 25 and single, I like started crying, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And so fast forward, I did break it off. I'm left Provo and I swear you move to a normal place and – you're like, oh, mid-20s? Like I remember I <laughs> – like mid-20s, like I, I met my one of my dear friends now, one of Kagan's best friend's wife. I remember she was telling me that when she got engaged at 25, she wasn't really sure that that was the right time for her because she felt like it was way too young. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just funny, like in every other part of the country, really, especially urban places, that's an extremely young age. And truthfully, people consider it way too young to get engaged. Yes, yes, yes. It is very young. I like cannot emphasize what you're saying enough. I want you to know that I felt like I was a strange, abnormal case who graduated from BYU and was single. I had family members who would make comments about it because – like, and and not and – nobody with malice or anything, but, like, it, it was weird. It's weird to people for you to not be, like, actively dating or, like, get on the fast track to getting married when you live in Provo and you're, like, over the age of 23. I had right. most of my friends from my freshman year get married while they were in college. And so, like, by the time I was a senior in college, most of my friends who I'd met there four years before were all married. And I definitely had thoughts like, huh, maybe there is, like, something different about me or something wrong with me absolutely not it is just a strange place in the universe where that is what goes on and and that is the focus it is so abnormal and literally i would just say do whatever you possibly can to move somewhere else because this feeling will leave you you will meet other people who are just like you will meet people who are literally like i went to my first job and met people who were in their 30s who were like i guess i have to start thinking about getting married now and i was 23 right you know exactly and they're like happy and thriving right. and beautiful and you're like oh my gosh like it's provo it's not you it's provo it is it is provo and it really distorts your reality and it's it's really unhealthy and super mm-hmm. toxic i think it's a yeah. super toxic place for young people absolutely women. and yeah and so when you leave provo it's like you'll get a whole new life you'll your destiny will blow open <laughs> yeah Yeah. Yeah. And you'll feel super young again because you are super young. Um, So anyway, yeah. And now I think I also kind of want to answer this question. Let's say there's like someone who's listening right now who's not 24 or 26, who is feeling like everyone is getting engaged and they're bitter or you know, in a different phase of their life, maybe having kids, they want to be having kids, whatever it is. I just personally think that – There are pros and cons to every phase of life, like extreme pros and extreme cons. And like I personally would love to have kids right now, but I also very much enjoy my hour-long coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. The, you know, three hours of cuddling that I can have with Kagan after making dinner and cleaning up and then we can just cuddle for three hours and it's just all about us and we just – like I love how incredibly easy my life is right now. And Mm -hmm. for me – I used to kind of be a little negative about the fact that I didn't have kids yet and I've really completely turned that around. And now I just relish, relish the peace and the cleanliness and the easiness of my life because I know that that part of my life will eventually become much more tiring and complicated. And so I guess my personal feeling is to enjoy the positives because everything has negatives. Like when you're dating, you get to – experience the fun of honeymoon phases with new guys. Someone courting you and doing everything, you know. Yes. The worst thing that you could want to be is with someone and wish you were alone. Right. Like being alone is so much better than being Being in a bad relationship, in a bad relationship, trying to get out of it. Yeah. So just enjoy whatever phase of life you're in and realize that truly there are serious pros. Um, and life is long. Okay, life is life long. Is long, baby. Like, I love I that expression, that it, and it's real. There's just so much time for all the stages to happen naturally. And I think we just, you know, have a tendency to want to rush to like the fun's next stage. And I think like all of those new stages come with different cons. So just enjoy where totally. you're at. Well, and you know what's funny is like I also feel like. Like, it's in a strange way, watching Real Housewives has made me a lot less afraid of, like, really bad things happening in my life. Like, I look at, like, a Shannon Bedore and, like, her marriage blew up, her entire life blew up, and now she has, like, this great boyfriend who she's much happier with than her ex-husband. Like, so many of the housewives that have had that happen to them, like, are doing so much better now and in better relationships. Like, I – firmly and like very positive about the future. There's just limitless possibilities for like amazing new things in your life and new chapters. So enjoy At any what time you have now day. Yeah. Truly. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm-hmm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder.
1: Okay.
0: So another relationship related question, how to know when you're ready for marriage versus living together? So I personally think I I personally and this is just how how my brain works, I wouldn't live with someone if I wasn't ready to marry them. And it wasn't basically like a basically a trial period just to make sure that they didn't have any weird quirks, didn't have any serious issues that were going to come out of the woodwork once we shared lodgings. And so I think that if you're living with someone and you still feel like you're not ready to marry them, that might be a good indication that – I don't know. Like maybe this relationship is worth reevaluating. Yeah. I I don't know. To be honest, I'm just like – I'm in now the longest relationship I've ever been in and I still don't know if I have any idea. I certainly know what mom's opinion is because <laughs> mom, yeah, mom you know, never lets me forget. But I do think that there's a lot of merits to living together. I think that's just a, a critical – can be a critical step. But I also don't think it's like make or break. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm dumb. I read this question like this person was living with her boyfriend and she didn't – like how do I know when I'm ready to marry him and not just – Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think now I realize that they're asking like how do I know when I'm ready to live with him and how do I know when Mm -hmm. I'm ready to marry him? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So to answer that, I would say that you know when you're ready to live with him I think if you know that you would want to marry him because I do think living with someone for at least 6 months is kind of a crucial time to be able to potentially get out if there's weird shit that comes up. And I do think it is a crucial step in that process. And so anyway, that's when I think you know when you're when you want to marry them. And it's, you know, a step you take on the journey to getting married. Right. Right. I think yeah, I think there's a lot of merits to living with the person before you. Um, marry them I don't think it's make or break I think that mom has a lot of opinions on this and you know she would probably say never live with someone ever because it brings great shame upon your family <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true that's so funny I forget that living with someone is- I like I truly I mean, forget she it's scandalous she she people. brought it up that I live with no 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 before I she made me like promise her that you would never live with Ben no I did I, she did- I mean you- she didn't make me promise I don't think I promised but she just said like <laughs> Pro- she said like, I think like, promise me you won't live together. Oh my gosh. Which is just so a- funny. Yeah. That's a shame. Um, Next question. How soon is too soon to leave a new job? Okay, this brings me to a tale. Why don't yeah. you give your answer and then I'll give mine. I would say, I'll just quickly say my answer because I know Lauren has a story. A bad job made me jaded sooner than I should have been. And that's a real big bummer for me, to be honest. Yeah. I think that you should be smart and start interviewing and just please, please leave that job. So I, I personally think that it's much easier to find a job while you already have a job. I think that prospective employers prefer that, right? I think that's just mm-hmm. the truth. So I would personally not leave before you've secured another position somewhere else, unless it's something where like you've been there for two weeks or you've been there for two months. If it's something where it's three months or less and then you can just leave it off of your resume,
1: Mm-hmm. and you can
0: still get a job in the same calendar year, then I would say, yeah, just leave and just have it be something that's a blip think, on your radar. Yeah. Like, I'll just throw in that I've I always heard rumors, like, if it's your first job, you really shouldn't leave it very soon. But I think that doesn't really matter. Like, but how are they ever going to know if you leave right. it off your resume? Right. right your right. first job's the easiest one to leave off your yeah. resume. Yeah. It, it depends. If this is like a a teenage job versus a corporate job, maybe there's right. some difference there. But yeah. I'm assuming this is a corporate job, and we're talking to yeah. you know people who are, yeah, an, an adult in that phase of life. and and yeah, I would say that ultimately once you get past, once you're into that four to six month territory, I would try to stay for a year so you can have that year on your resume and then just utilize that time to find another job. I do have a story about when, you know I had to break all of my own rules because really it just got to be too much in okay. one of my jobs. Okay, so I was uh, sixteen, and I got a job at Jamba Juice across from the high school I went to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't think this was embarrassing, but I I loved having those like I loved having those like food retail jobs or whatever they would be called, like food jobs. Like I worked. Yeah, I don't service. know why I liked them so much. Food service jobs, like I worked at Golden Spoon. Um, I loved working at Golden Spoon. I'm not sure why it didn't work out, but I, I got a job didn't there when want I was fourteen. I think you just didn't want to do chores at home after school. I think it was like I just – well, I wanted my own money for sure because working to have money in our family, we were not just like given money. You had to work for mom to make money. And I found that the golden spoon hours went by much quicker than the um, hours toiling away doing chores for my mother for $10 an hour or $7 an hour or whatever it was back in the day. Anyway, I got a job at Golden Spoon. I think, honestly, mom asked me to quit because it was like she had to drive me and it was such a pain for her. Right. So then fast forward a few years, I'm 16, a sophomore. I think I got a job or I got a job at John Juice. I just distinctly remember, like, I wanted this job, I got it, and I got, like, the information about it, and they said that I had to wear khakis, like, basically chino pants, which I didn't really own, and I <laughs> yeah, had to, no. like, go to, I'm pretty sure they had to, like, go to the floor. Yeah. Um, I had to wear white tennis shoes, like, a supplied polo, and then, like, one of their, like, hideous orange or green visors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, walking across the hot San Clemente asphalt into the Jamba Juice, like, you know, waddling my pear-shaped body in that outfit into the Jamba Juice (laughs) (laughs) and just feeling so incredibly lame. Like, I just had – I felt like I hit a new low as a human being. Right. Additionally, I would say the work required at Golden Spoon was just, like, you know, pouring milk. Like milk mixtures into the ice cream machines, which is very easy. And then just demurely, you know, pushing down on the handle, pulling down on the handle to swirl the ice cream into the cup, you know, sweetly (laughs) spooning the toppings onto the ice cream, bringing people up. It was a very much, it was a no pressure type of situation. Right. Jamba juice, not so much. It required considerably more elbow grease and being like, (laughs) like, Full arm deep in like a uh, a standing freezer. Mm-hmm. It was just so incredibly like work intensive compared to Golden Spoon, and then also you're in this hideous getup. <laughs> and I think I was like on my first, smelling Maybe like I- wheatgrass. Yeah, I think I was on like my fourth shift. I just mastered the lava flow. <laughs> And I realized, I was like, you know what? I I have been pushed too far. Right, Um, You got to put yourself first. Yeah. Like, I was just like – I think the combination of the hard labor and the bad outfit made me realize, like, this is just not worth it. Like, I will just – I would rather work for mom in our air-conditioned home and organize videos and have the dignity of the privacy of that experience rather than <laughs> being in this hideous well, getup, like get, like serving the cool girls at school the smoothies. That's why I could have never had one of those jobs at, like the neighboring shopping center next to the high school because I just couldn't <laughs> handle seeing people I went to school with, like then having to serve them in that capacity. Like Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought Golden Spoon was kind of cool. And so I didn't mind it there. But Jamba Juice in that Jamba visor, was is, I mean, that's where everybody went after school. That was like a special kind of hell. It's a whole new low. And so yeah. I think I made it four shifts and I was just like, you know what? I'm better than this. I'm walking. Like my inner snob just came out and I just quit on the spot. Right, I was just right. like, you know what? I'm sorry, but this isn't going to work. <laughs> and by poor- Sayonara. My poor hire – the lady who hired me, she was probably like early 40s. Like it was like her franchise or something was so enthusiastic about the smoothie recipes. Like this one's amazing. It has pineapple and mango instead of pineapple and whatever and strawberry like the other one. Anyway, I had to break it to her. And sometimes – I guess the point of the story, what I'm trying to say, is that sometimes things – really are too tough to handle like they get so demoralizing that you have to take your fate into your own hands and cut your losses before you're buried by them buried by frozen (laughs) fruit oh my gosh i have been nice to you but now i'm coming to the edge i am leaving and you can't stop me oh it's so dark it's so dark master the lava flow i'm dying Oh my I did become a barista. I know I talk about my barista career a lot. I was a barista at peace. That was from much 21. Thank you. And truthfully, those were that was like I think honestly the peak of my all my careers. Like even now. For sure. I if I could go back to just being a 20 year old barista, those were some fun days. Oh yeah. Okay. So last question for now, Chandler. My boyfriend is backpacking through South America without me. Long distance has been so hard. Are we going to make it? Okay, Chan, I'm very curious for your thoughts on this. Yeah. I don't think you've ever had like a long distance relationship and I'm obviously acutely aware, acutely familiar with them. Um, Okay. Long distance is really tough. I don't don't know if you guys are going to make it and I don't say that like I don't know if you guys are going to make it but like I don't know your situation so I don't want to say whether or not you're going to make it. But I will say that like I was a, I was not a girl who was cut out for a long distance relationship. That was just like not easy for me. And so while Ben and I were long distance, I was like pretty honest about what I needed from him. Like during that time, like he thinks I, let's just like needy is one is one word that gets used. But like you know, I just I'm I was not a girl cut out for a long distance relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like if I didn't feel connected if we only Facetimed a couple times a week, like. I made it clear right. that, like, I felt like we needed to, to FaceTime every night and say good night, you know? And, you know, we actually ended up probably FaceTiming multiple times a day for little snippets because I just wanted to feel like he was in my life, even though he was so far away and we have stupid time difference and everything. But, you know, I also had a roommate and good friend who'd been dating someone for five years and they were long distance, same coast, you know, he lived in New Jersey, she lived in San Francisco, and they just had like a weekly date night where they cooked dinner and watched a show together. Um, So there's like different ways, there's different ways of doing it. Yeah, very cute, very, um, very cute and definitely maybe a little bit less like chaotic. I was also in the honeymoon phase of our relationship, so... That, like, I needed, like, more. Um, and all this is to say, I think being very real about what you need in a long-distance relationship is the only way that it works. and yeah. And then I think also having a partner who listens and follows through on that is, like, mission critical. Like, mm-hmm. Ben even set a reminder in his phone to call me, which isn't super romantic because, you know, his his heart wasn't always just yearning to call me. But it meant enough to, for him to, you know, make it a priority And I think, like, with this particular situation, with your partner traveling abroad, it might be even harder to find a routine like that. Right. So I don't know. Like, have you talked about when you're going to go out to meet him? Because I think you should absolutely do that. Like, go join him for a portion of it. Like, I think another thing was just always knowing when you were going to see the next person. Like, having that in the book, scheduled, booked, whatever, is just so important. I don't know. Long distance is just really hard. And I think you should also evaluate, like... Are we headed towards a place where we are going to be living in the same place? Because like I don't think I could have done long distance for like years and if years. It wasn't light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I, exactly. So, you know, is is this person – are we headed towards that place? Because if this is taking a toll on you, then you should be evaluating like how can we make this temporary? Mm-hmm. I – okay, so this is an interesting question. I, I think what's interesting about long distance that I'll say first is that it takes – It takes certain skills, right? That people Mm -hmm. really need to have. Like, in order for a long distance to work, you and your partner really need to connect very well in a verbal way. Like, you need to be the type that love having long conversations with each other. Like I can just tell you that Kagan and I, long distance, it would be an extreme struggle slash we would not make it because ultimately Kagan is just not that verbal of a guy. Like our relationship is really much based on like affection and cuddling and being together and in person and like little moments and fun and having fun together. It's not a relationship where the foundation is four-hour conversations about life in the universe. I mean, I do think, yeah, I will say that my long distance relationship was not totally filled with four hour conversations about life in the universe. A lot of times it was just like sitting on FaceTime while you guys both do things in your room and like, you know, just have <sighs> your life and just like Literally being brutal. together. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And like, I I like just my heart goes out to this person because I was miserable <laughs> Yeah. Also, do you want to date someone who's backpacking through South America? That's. Are you <laughs> going to be expected to right, backpack right. through Africa someday? Like ask yourself what kind of man this really is <laughs> and if this is the person for you. Okay. Just kidding. I'm sure he is. Okay. And that is a cool experience. And I think it's actually credit to him that he isn't asking you to go. Um, right. Okay. So we still have a ton of questions. We do. So what? this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to do a solo Patreon Bonus episode that'll come out probably on Saturday of this week and I'll tackle Mm -hmm. the rest of these. I might be able to bribe Chandler into coming on. She's super busy this week and I'm flying up to New York to see her. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. There will be a bonus episode this week and it's going to get into how to make new friends in a weird new area, best tips for looking put together really quickly, getting through flights if you hate flying, some body image advice, find jewelry picks, how to start looking for a new job, how not to get distracted from working from home, USA honeymoon destinations, mother-in-law drama, push Push presents. presents. I I hope I get through all this, Um, but I'm going to try to do all of it. And someone asked an R-rated question that I'm actually going to answer. So okay, great. if you want access to that, it'll be out on Saturday. Okay. The link is on our show notes to get on the Patreon. I'm dying at that R-rated question. I know. It'll it'll be a spicy answer. And this this week, Chandler, I'm coming up to see you in five hours I get on my flight. And I'm coming up to New York this week. We're going to be spending time together and going with Heather Gay to watch what happens live. Yep. So excited! Cannot and wait. Also, we're going to be discussing on the Patreon next week, so yeah. it's going to be a packed month. So exciting! So exciting! Can't wait for you to get here tonight. Crazy! I know. I hope I. I hope I can get it together in time. We can um, make your flight. flight. I know. Okay, and also just a reminder: if you want to enter this month's giveaway for the Casita Jewelry 14 karat gold, I'll, I'll link to it on the stories. 14 karat gold butterfly charm necklace. Just post about Apologist podcast and your stories, tag us, include a link to one of the episodes so mm-hmm. someone can easily click and check out the pod. All right. Love you, Chan. Love you too. Thanks for everything. Can't wait Thank for the solo Patreon. Hopefully you will be able to join. I'm going to try. i to get my stuff done. We'll see. No pressure. I'm trying to keep it no pressure. Okay. All right. Love Thanks. you. Okay. Love you too. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists. And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.
1: Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you.